I keep being told that the impending autonomous truck revolution is just around the corner. But as it turns out, it depends on who you ask. For many autonomous trucking startups, they want you to think that sooner rather than later. Is this a myth or just good business to raise more funding? And if not, what would an actual future with autonomous trucks look like? This and more on this episode of Loaded and Rolling. Welcome to Loaded and Rolling. I'm your host, Thomas Watson, enterprise trucking carry expert here at Freightways, and we are coming to you from our studios in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Almost every day you hear an industry observer note that autonomous trucks are just around the corner, and also that the truck can finally determine what a corner is or isn't. But the challenge for many people is determining and finding out what is real and what is hype. Even recently, last December, Two Simple noted a successful 80-mile driverless run across Interstate 10 in Arizona. Other companies such as Embark Locomotion, Loadsmith, Waymo, Plus, and Gaddick, as a mouthful, are all in various stages of attempting to develop and deploy this technology. And it gets complicated, as some of these companies provide the software, some only the hardware, and some a little bit of everything. And so for many of these companies, they are startups which need to carefully manage investor expectations in addition to building hype for more funding. This can make things difficult for both drivers and trucking companies who are being told that autonomous vehicles are coming in the next year and that they should be prepared for a driverless future. Joining me to help cut through some of this confusion and separate the hype from truth is Torque Robotics Senior Analyst of Corporate Strategy, Frank Mabry. Frank has over 20 years of experience in both software development and supply chain strategies. Additionally, he's worked with some of the leading transportation data systems providers and some trucking and logistics roles. Frank, welcome to the show, sir. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. We're trying to beat the heat over here in Chattanooga, but unfortunately, that humidity just sneaking up on us. <laughs> I hear you. It's same same in Dallas. We're having record heat, especially for May and June. You know, it was one of those funny things that, like, especially there's a, a upcoming thing called Bonnaroo, and everybody was so excited because last year a hurricane came through around this time. So now instead of a hurricane, we're getting a cataclysmic heat wave. So you just can't win, I guess. <laughs> But digging into and diving right in, uh, you know, looking at autonomous trucks and the rollout, it does feel like, at least in my experience, there's a lot of between fact and fiction and a lot of myth-making for some of these companies. Uh, you know, I'm hearing that some companies can literally deploy fully autonomous trucks within a year. And I know they're not Elon Musk with his Tesla, but other people. And your experience, especially being at Torque Robotics, is that something that's even remotely feasible or are we just beating the drums to pour more money in the investor pool? You know, I can't speak for our competitors. Uh, I know what we're doing here at Torp Robotics, uh, and, and I know uh, they're facing the same obstacles that we're facing, uh, government regulation. I mean, you know, the technology has came a long ways, and I have been in the trucks myself. So it's truly amazing what they can do. I can tell you from our perspective, we have not set a timeline yet. We are going to do or going to commercialize autonomous trucking when it's safe for the public, when everything has been 100% tested. And we know that we can put our families beside the trucks on the highways, you know, itself. 
I think safety first. You got 80,000 pounds fully laden and you want to make sure that there's no funny business. You mentioned earlier also about, you know, looking at uh, predictions. And so I've also heard that, uh, you know, it, it gets really difficult to predict just how how much this is going to disrupt. Uh, you know, coming from Torque and your experience, is there anything that we can kind of look at to realistically figure out uh, you know, when do you think you'll see a few of these on the road? Is it like government regulations holding it back or is the technology or weather conditions? Are there any uh, challenges uh, that we need to be aware of? You know, it's, it's all of the above, actually. It's, uh, you know, the technology is, is like I said, absolutely amazing. Uh, it has come a long ways. It's got a ways to go yet. Uh, the trucks can do some absolutely amazing things. Uh, you know, we choose not to operate on surface roads, but that is just our choosing. That's, that's our rules. Uh, the capabilities are there. Uh, we operate on interstates. We test almost daily, or, or I should say not almost, but we test daily uh, on public roads. Um, so the technology is absolutely there. It does have a little ways to go to be truly 100% tested. I think one of the things that sets us apart is, you know, we're an independent subsidiary of Daimler, uh, DTNA Trucks. So we have integrated, and we're one of the only ones that have integrated this far, that the actual technology in collaboration with Freightliner and Daimler Trucks is going to be designed from the ground up in the chassis of the vehicle. So the redundancies, everything is going to be there. When uh, The difference in us and a competitor is when you order a Torque Robotics-powered Freightliner Cascadia, when it comes off the line, all you'll need is a load of freight to hook to it and you know the training, the, the know-how to know how to operate the technology. Uh, for other competitors, they'll pull it off the line, they'll drive it down the road to their facility, they'll pull it, they'll tow it, they'll push it, however... And then they'll start bolting on all of their, you know, their 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 sensors, their uh, uh, technology stack, everything. And, you know, the, they'll retrofit it where ours is going to be designed for a level four autonomous. Operation. I think that's I think that's a great advantage because not only Daimler, but, uh, you know, Freightliner and the dealerships having that integration with an OEM allows you to say if something breaks. I can just go straight into my regular. I'm not interrupted instead of having the person who put the other stuff on top of it now deal with two different groups. I can actually just deal straight with the OEM and that integration, right? It'll also allow us with their maintenance and service capabilities, it'll allow us to scale a whole lot faster. So again, when it comes off the line, they'll already have the expertise because they built the chassis and the truck from the ground up that, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. You have a problem. You know, one call, one serve, let's get her fixed, let's get it back on the road. From my experience, I think a lot of people don't understand how important that can be. Sometimes if you deal with multiple vendors, it can get like a huge pain in the neck, even from something like mirrors or components on the side or filters. And so, uh, you know, being able to be at the forefront with Daimler and having that backing, uh, do you think that's also, especially given the economy right now, we hear a lot of startups having some trouble now with raises and funds. Do you think that's a hidden advantage having that long-term investment with Daimler saying, hey, we're going to take this and we're just going to go and uh, give you all the support versus that pressure you feel where you have to say, it's coming, it's coming soon, you know. 
Well, absolutely. And, you know, that's one of the things that I really uh, admire and respect about our founders and our current executives. Uh, back in 2019, they saw the need to have the collaboration, you know, directly with the OEM. So uh, not only did, you know, we go out to, you know, DTNA or Daimler Trucks and say, hey, we want you to invest in us, but uh, we insisted on them being 51% owner. So they have the, the backing for Torque Robotics as well as uh, it, it's in their best interest to uh, make us successful. And they are wholly invested in this, uh, this level of autonomous vehicles. So yes, it has extreme advantages. And looking, switching gears a little bit, talking about narratives, because we hear a lot of narratives. FreightWaves has been one of them we've picked up on. You know, we report on autonomous breakthroughs. But, you know, the, the, the biggest thing we hear about is for a lot of people, the narrative's been that we're going to replace all these drivers. Uh, you know, and I don't think, in your experience and how you all are developing this autonomous capability, is this something where drivers are getting replaced? Or how do you envision this autonomous future and the driver? So... You know, one thing, first off, one of DTNA's uh, main mantras is they don't compete with their customers. So you don't see Freightliner or Daimler Trucks starting a trucking company to compete with anybody that they sell their trucks to. We have the same mantra. We're, we want to sell trucks. We want to assist in companies you buying and utilizing our technology. Uh, and that said, we are focusing on the hub-to-hub uh, business model first off. I think that will expand over the years. But if there's a driver, if there's a person coming out of, you know, high school, college, wherever, and they want a full career as a truck driver, man, go for it. There's always going to be truck drivers out there. We're not here to replace them. Uh, we're here to enhance the industry, add more, uh, I guess, levels of, uh, of modes of transportation and help the trucking industry. There's there's always going to be need for truck drivers. I don't care what happens, what technology comes into this field. There's always going to be a need. That's what I was curious about. Think of the hub-to-hub model. Uh, I've, I remember when I looked at a hub and spoke for LTL, and for people who aren't as familiar, could you describe a little bit about how autonomous trucks fit in this model? And like, what does it mean when we go from hub-to-hub for, for folks that may not know, you know some of the ways you can haul? So basically, with a hub-to-hub model, you'll have it. It's kind of like an airport model. You have, uh, you know, airport to airport. You bring your freight to a specific hub, whether it's you know generally owned by a consortium or one company owns it or whomever. You know, you contracted. You bring your freight into that hub. It's transferred over to an autonomous vehicle, um, and just say it's from. Uh, we'll just pick two cities, say L.A. to Atlanta. Instead of you having to wait, you know, three or four days for that to get there and the driver taking, you know, overnight breaks and uh, you put yours on it, your, your freight on an autonomous vehicle, it doesn't have those uh, uh, logging uh, restrictions. So you wake up the next day or the day after and it's there. Um, so that's how, you know, we foresee it. That's going to be, I think, the easiest integration into mainstream trucking right off the bat. Uh, you'll see that escalate over time uh, as far as uh, being able to go from, you know, surface roads, shipping facility to shipping, you know, pick up to receiver, first and final mile, those sort of types of things. But 
Uh, the easiest way to get into this to uh, the industry right now is going to be hub to hub, uh, traveling mainstream interstates, uh, approved highways. And thinking about what that kind of means, having autonomous vehicles and not having to worry about things like hours of service, what does it look like whenever we start implementing these models, we start deploying these trucks? You know, how does that look like for asset utilization in hours? Does that mean that we can theoretically run nonstop with some of these vehicles? Absolutely. Uh, you know, the only thing that'll stop them, they don't have to stop for uh, uh, restroom breaks or dinner breaks or anything like that. You know, fuel them at the origin. Uh have specific hubs set up throughout to, according to how long that uh, the, the, the route's going to be. And in the morning, it's there. Uh, that's basically the only limitation is fuel, you know, it'll be able to navigate traffic, road construction, all those type things. So uh, the, the beauty about it is the trucks know where they're going what they're doing so they don't have to jockey for for uh getting off an exit they know what lane they need to be in they know you know what they're doing you know way in advance so they can make better decisions uh it'll be a a, i hesitate i want to say it in a different way but you know the truck will run uh regular you know miles per hour it won't be up and down and all around uh, it'll be a lot smoother. So the savings, uh, the maintenance and the operations of the truck will, uh, I think over time, be very good for trucking companies. And looking into that, especially with uh, having those hub-to-hub moves that are autonomous, does that still leave opportunity for drivers coming out of the hub and then going to the delivery? So like, would that be a situation where, you know, the current strategy on developing is we'd have the autonomy and then you're going to deliver it somewhere. Would that still have a driver in the near term? Absolutely. Near term, long term. Uh, you know, a lot of companies or a lot of uh, very large companies years ago decided that uh, that was the most profitable way to do it based on, you know, using intermodal uh, modes of moving freight. So, uh, there's right now first and final mile is going to be very huge. Uh, it's going to help trucking companies expand their freight networks because there's customers out there that right now they won't service because uh, it's it's out of their network. They're trying you know, a lot of companies or most companies went to hub and spoke uh, freight networks so that they can number one driver retention. Their drivers go out and back. They're home every night. They get to have some family time. Uh, now, with this, their drivers still, for the first mile, they pick the loads up, take them over to the autonomous uh, hub, and drop it off, Pick up a hopefully pick up a load from there to take it back and deliver. Gets them at home at night. The autonomous vehicle, overnight or over afternoon or over a day takes it the rest of the way, say from Memphis to Phoenix. Next morning, that customer has a, a driver that picks it up, does the final mile, delivers it, probably has dropped off another load for the autonomous vehicle to take back the other direction. So it really strengthens their network, enables them to help customers with freight that currently they may not be helping them with. That's what I'm thinking because in my experience, long haul trucking over the road is like 95% turnover. And so is there that potential where you get more savings passed on to now that we've localized drivers at these, uh, you know, hubs coming in in and outbound of the hubs? 
then that allows companies to kind of change it and also make dri driving more favorable. Like you think more people may get into trucking just because now you can finally be home instead of every three to four weeks. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, you know, they lots of different ways they can design it where the driver's home every night, he's home every other night, uh, but he gets a lot more home time with his family. And it's not just all that windshield time where he's gone for weeks and weeks and weeks at a time. You know, a lot of the problems with driver turnover now is they get treated badly at the pickup and the delivery, and then they get in the truck and they have all this windshield time to think about, you know, how they've been treated badly. So this alleviates a lot of that. They can get in front of, you know, trucking companies can get in front of their drivers a lot more often and uh, with training and safety and, and just being in front of the drivers. And coming from like a fleet standpoint, let's say, because I'm hearing about truck as a service, driver as a service, uh, Uberization of things, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords going out. But, you know, for, for carriers who want to, you know, when you start purchasing your truck, you normally have to, you're buying it new or used. Is it going towards, have you all noticed in your experience, is there the potential that it goes towards a subscription base with autonomous vehicles? Or do you still just go to the dealership and just buy one and then drive it off the lot? You know, it's really too early to tell about that right now. I mean, our model is you go to the, the Freightliner dealership, you order a Torque Robotics-powered Freightliner Cascadia, and you operate that vehicle yourself. Uh, that way, uh, you have full control of that, that vehicle, the freight that it's hauling, everything. Uh, so you can design your freight network to be more profitable for you. Uh Maybe down the road, there's some software as a service or truck as a service uh, that opens up different uh, different challenges. But I mean, there, there's all types of different models out there. And that kind of goes into where you said earlier, talking about, you know, how competition, you know, you want to be able to just provide the trucks and a lot of these other companies are trying to gain some competitive advantage. Is that part of the philosophy where if we're just going to, we're going to provide you the truck you're going to be able to purchase it, and then you do as you please. You know, we're not trying to root anybody out. Is that a particular maybe advantage instead of trying to get caught in between all the uh, uh, the competition, like some of these smaller startups are having to do, buying up market share partnerships? And well, you know yourself, you've been in the trucking industry too. It's uh, it's a tough industry. You know, it's you make pennies on the on the dollar if you operate extremely efficient efficient. So it's it's a tough trucking company to get a company truck tough industry to get into. Uh, you really got to know your staff to make money at, at transportation. So I think it really is a better model for a trucking company to do what they do best, and we do what we do best. I mean that's one of the reasons right now you don't see the the headlines of we've hauled freight we've. You know, we're, we're delivering freight for customers. Sure, we get requests from our uh, our partners right now, but we have our heads down and we're focused on providing the technology and perfecting the technology. And I think that's, you know, that's a good business model to have. Were there any, speaking of providing and perfecting technology, were there any surprises or challenges along the way that y'all came across as you're working on, you know, getting this thing to where you could test it on the road? You know, I can't answer that as specific to torque. I can tell you this, I've been in trucking a long time and probably five or six years ago when actually one of my ex-customers, you know, had contacted me and told me about torque, uh, I, I would have basically said, oh yeah, I don't see this ever happening. There's too many obstacles. Uh, but having been in the trucks, 
it, it's it's some amazing technology. Uh, the obstacles and the the thresholds they've already overcome is is just absolutely amazing what it can and can't do. And looking at like it's almost like seeing is believing. Is there anything you can talk about in terms of like how you can you know how as it's driving it manages to not you know run over anything or avoid it? I saw there was a, a demo earlier when you all came to the freight waves. Uh, conference. And so it looked really, really cool just to see the little promo you all had on how, you know, the technology looks and thinks. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, we utilize uh, several different uh, instruments, uh, you know, long range radar, long range LIDAR, short range cameras uh, to actually create a 3D model around the truck. Uh, we use the, the GPS location of where the truck's at. Uh, as well as very, very high detail mapping that is, is included in the software. So it already knows where it's going, what it's going to do, uh, where, where it's going to make the next turn, uh, what lane it needs to be in. Uh, it doesn't have to when you're going some of these complicated uh, uh, expressways and interchanges. It already knows exactly where it needs to be. So it's not jockeying in and out and get to the last minute and go, oh, no, I need to be in that lane and, you know, causing traffic backups and pileups and whatever. It's slow. It's easy. Um, it can tell, you know, when a car going down the road, and I've never understood this, but they'll swerve right over in front of an 80,000-pound vehicle going 65 miles an hour, and the truck just seamlessly starts slowing down and creating that gap between the car and the truck so that it's it's safe uh, to keep to keep operating. So it, it's of, absolutely, absolutely amazing. That's what I was amazed about with the safety gap. You know, thinking, you talked about earlier, keeping families safe on the roadway. And that's why, you know, there's no timelines there. There's no time frame because safety comes first. And I think for a lot of people, uh, they don't understand how important it is having something that can automatically detect this incoming and automatically keep that gap up. Uh, you know, do you think that, uh, especially in terms of safety, are there any other cool safety features and stuff that you may be able to talk about uh, that's integrated with the, uh, you know, with the product? Well, absolutely. Uh, one of the main or major things that, uh, you know, being in direct collaboration and ownership with, uh, with Dymo Trucks is the, the, the chassis and everything is built specifically for, you know, L4 level autonomous operations. Uh, and that includes redundancy. So, you know, if the steering fails, there's another steering mechanism that takes over. Um, if uh, for, for braking, for instance, right now it's, it's everything is it's air, but it's mechanical. So it'll be shifting over towards the European style of electronic braking. Uh, still use air, but it's, it's all electronically controlled. Uh, when you're going up an incline, uh, uh, you know, a mountain or a hill or a decline, as far as engaging, say, the jake brake, uh, it already knows here's the here's the grade that I'll be uh, experiencing. So before it even gets to it, it's in the correct gear. It engages the jake brake in the correct level that it needs, and it's just smooth sailing. Uh, you don't you won't see the the truck getting in the middle of uh, a downgrade. And being in the wrong gear, and when you've got 80,000 pounds behind you, you can't just change gears on the fly or engage jake brake on the fly. You need to be where you need to be at that time to be safe. 
Well, it reminds me of, uh, that's one of the advantages of having the OEM partnership is uh, Freightliner Cascadia's have the automated manual transmission as well as all the uh, refinements that have went over it. So that's the, coming straight out of the factory floor with the sensors and everything, you can trust it to do a good job versus maybe if someone else has to put a rig or put something over the top of it, you have to communicate and that opens a whole new can of worms. Yeah, so our software stack integrates directly into those systems. So it's not, uh, we're, we're putting another box on the outside of it to say, oh, hey, do this or do that. It's directly integrated to say, here's what I want to do. Let's do it now. And it's designed to do that. That's uh, super exciting. Frank, if they want to check out Torque, is there any best way to reach out, website, LinkedIn, for folks who wish to learn more? You know, they can reach out on our, our main website, torque.ai uh, or torque.com. Uh, we're more than happy at any time to answer questions. Uh, and you can find out a lot more about us that way. Uh, we're also on LinkedIn. So, uh, you know, we're welcome. If you want to know more about autonomous trucking, then please dial in to us. I'm excited. I really do appreciate you coming on the show, Frank. And, uh, you know, we'll definitely have to have you all over on again to talk about some recent developments coming into the pipeline. Absolutely. And uh, we're, we're looking forward to, uh, you know, having you out and letting you see the technology in person as well. I'm excited. Seeing is believing. Thank you so much, Frank. Hey, thank you. Take care. That's a wrap for today. Uh, you can check it out, freightwaves.com or tv.freightwaves.com, loaded and rolling. I also have a newsletter. It's every Wednesday and Saturday if you need some weekend reading. And that is it for today. But join us next week. I have a lot more fun content. I'm Thomas Watson. It's been a blast. <laughs>